Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so that people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. Welcome back to Series 7 of Helpful Social Work. I'm Jerry, And I'm Jo. We're aiming this series to do some podcasts with guests, social workers who want to talk about what helpful social work means for them. We're really pleased to have as our guest today, Gladys Mante Niadju. Um, she trained at Teesside Uni and completed in 2007 and has been practicing in the UK ever since. Um, and she came to the UK in 2002. She lived in Germany for 12 years. So it'll be really interesting to maybe hear a little bit about her time there. And she has a quote that she really loves, which is from Maya Angelou. And it's, people will forget what you said or what you did, but they will never forget how you made how you made them feel. Uh, so welcome, Gladys. It's lovely to have you with us. And please do get in touch if you want to be a guest on the podcast. You can reach us through our website, www.helpfulsocialwork.com. And we're recording this in December and it should be going out in January. So I guess Happy New Year as well. Indeed. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, so welcome, Gladys. It's, it's really lovely to have you agree to come on and have a chat with um, you know, we only have three questions that, that we ask people um, to kind of get us started. And the first question is really just asking you to think um, about your life so far in social work. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. So my life in social work, I would say it goes back to when I was in Germany in Dusseldorf, that's where I stayed for 12 years. And at that point, my husband was studying and I had my children and they were going to what was called mother and baby group. And most of the mothers who were coming there were social workers. So I was asking myself, what was all this about? And that was where my interest actually rekindled. And I said, this is what I wanted to do. Initially, I was considering also being a minister of religion. <laughs> And then, yeah, I chose the latter option to become a social worker. So that's how it all started. And then I came to England and did a year access to um, health and welfare and then started the degree in 2003 and completed in 2007. So you had young children when you were doing your degree then, Gladys, as well? That is correct. So I think my daughter would have been about nine or 10 and my son was eight. Yes. So it wasn't easy having to manage the demands of looking after children and then doing the degree at the same time. But yeah, I got through it. So. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting, that idea of um, yeah, studying and raising children and all the multiple roles that we, um, that we inhabit in our life. I was really interested in um, what you said about thinking about the ministry and thinking about social work. And can you talk to me a little bit about which what, what attracted you to 
to, you know, social work? So what elements in social work attracted you Very to the similar. profession? Very similar. You have the interest you have in people, your willingness to help, you know, and um, the ability to be there, to be that listening ear. I think they go hand in hand being a minister and being a, a social worker. But I guess for me, I was also looking at a profession that I felt that I, I, I would be able to give a bit more to and also the time looking at the children. And I think I felt that the social work suited me most at that, at that point. So, so Gladys, when you think about um, social work, what does helpful social work mean to you? I mean, I thought a little bit about this and what it means, and I think it may mean a lot of things to different people. But for me, it is, you know, meaningful relationship with the families that we work with. You know, being able to have that open and honest conversation with them, not just when, you know, talking about the good things, but also when things are difficult. I think it's also about being kind and being firm. For me, if you are able to have that relationship-based approach, you can build on it and you can do a lot with that. So for me, that's what it's really, really important, having that meaningful relationship. And how much opportunity, because there's a lot of um, kind of debate, isn't there, and conversation about about, um, practice in children's services, particularly and how much opportunity we get to actually um, practice relationally. Can you reflect on times when you've been able to do that well and and perhaps what, what helped you do that well? Yes, I think it is how you modify your practice. Yes, of course, you have to write your assessment. You have to gather the information. You have to do a whole lot of things that the the work entails and, and the demands that you have to do. However, I do, looking back, I thought that when you have had that time, a little bit more time to get to know that the family gets to build that relationship, the other things becomes easier to do. Mm. So it is worth, you know, kind of um, making time and investing to do that. And what um, strategies have you found that makes that work? I think (laughs) just, you know, being available, being there on time, you know, being punctual when you say you will, you will be there at a certain time, being able to afford that time, accepting that sometimes things may not go according to plan, but just being really open and honest, having that open and honest conversation with families, you know, just being there and letting them know why you are there, you know, don't hide anything from them, just you know, just taking your time to get to know the, their journey and having the understanding that most of the family we work with, you know, you are there because of what may have happened to them and just being there to listen to their stories. And how do you find that um, families respond when you're able to act in that way? they respond more positively. I mean, sometimes there may be a little bit of resistance, but then when they know that actually you are there to help them, you are there to understand their journeys, you are there, you know, they they, they give you, they, they allow you into their lives and they open up a bit more. Whereas when they feel that you are, you are against them, then it creates a kind of barrier. But if you are able to give them that opportunity to fully understand that you are there to support them, then it gives them that 
option to get to know you, the option to be able to have that honest approach and conversation with you to, to kind of bring you into their world and let you understand some of the issues that they are having. I think um, as I'm just kind of reflecting on what you're saying there, Gladys, and thinking about, you know, for, for myself, whenever I've, you know, needed help and support throughout my life, I have certainly always got it from people who have who have bothered to make some kind of connection with me um, mm -hmm. and whom I felt to be genuinely interested I think in in my journey and and what it is I'm doing and I guess that's you know that is the same for all of us whether we're using social work services or whether we're a social worker is that we're we are looking for that connection aren't we um in life and perhaps that's that's what makes social work helpful sometimes is that um, that ability to have somebody who doesn't have a stake perhaps in your life in the same way be available to you. Absolutely, absolutely. And you really said it rightly there. So and it's like, you know, people want to know that, you know, you are genuinely there for me. You are listening. You are not judging me. You want to help me. You want to be there for me. Yet you understand what I am going through. You are giving me that listening ear and hearing what I am saying. You're not just to tick boxes or just take notes, but you are there to fully understand why I am here or what has led me to be where I am. And I mm -hmm. think that is always very important to take time to get to know families and just build on that yeah and then there's um how do you balance the tension between that really important relational aspect of being helpful um and the um the competing rights and needs of children and adults I think you know it all comes back to also being able to organize yourself being able to also understand that, you know, the, the role is also demanding and having that ability to develop yourself, having that emotional resilience and knowing also your limitations, you know, you're not going there to let families know that, yes, I'm here to be able to do everything perhaps you are asking me to do because, you know, sometimes there may be issues with resources. There may be things that you are not be able to do. But I do believe when you are able to have that open and honest conversation and letting people know that sometimes you may have to go back and maybe have that questions being answered by your supervisor, you know, being having that curiosity and just also being able to say, Unfortunately, I'm not able to do this, but I'll come back to you on that. I think that is always helpful as well. So that's that kind of that idea of real clarity, isn't it? Knowing what your boundaries are. And you talked earlier um, about being really clear about your purpose, why you're there, so that there's no misunderstandings. Um, and all of this is really about, you know, good communication, warmth, curiosity, and a genuine, it sounds to me like from what you're saying, um, a genuine affection for other humans. Absolutely. I mean, you really do need that. You can have all the, the knowledge and all the intelligence, but if you are not able to relate to families and if you don't have that genuine, you know, willingness to, to help, you know, 
that wouldn't get you anywhere. So having that empathy, being able to communicate, being able to also know the clues, you know, look at the body language, you know, what is, maybe sometimes people don't even want to talk. You can just look at them and you know what is happening. So having that also ability to realize, you know, what is going on, having that sense of curiosity, being able to ask the right questions. Sometimes it just take one question to just get all the answers that you need. So they are all important. Yeah. Thank you, Gladys. And, and and when you think about your own life, without going into sort of personal details, can you think about a time in your life where you experienced good help? And what was it that you noticed about that experience in terms of what made it good help? I'm just thinking back, you know, um, looking after my own life and maybe there have been times I think we can never say that we don't need help at all no. in life yeah for me it is the, the person who had just been genuinely there to just listen to what I had to say without making me feel that you know what I am saying doesn't make sense it's just resonating with my worries just being there to not necessarily giving me something, but it's just the ability to just listen and understanding mm -hmm. the pain that perhaps I was going through at that point and just being there. Yeah, I think that was what really helped me. Oh, Gladys, I, I just um, really loved that explanation you offered. And, and what really struck me was when you said um, that someone who lets your worries resonate, um, because for me, I felt... I feel really strongly that you've got to start with where the person is you're talking to and what it is that they're worried about. Um, and when I do um, brief solution-focused therapy and I'm sometimes talking with other social workers about it, um, sometimes they'll raise with me the concern that the person's worries that they identify might not be the worries that are driving them into the into the home. So it might not be the things that are on, on the notification, might not give them an opportunity to address um, what it is they want to talk about. And I've always felt that you can talk about whatever you want to somebody, but if you're not addressing their worry, their biggest worry or their biggest distress, that, that everything's just bouncing off them, that you're not, you're not getting through to them because they remain preoccupied and distressed with their worry. And as a social worker, what you need to do is, as you say, is let their worries resonate so that they then feel heard and they can see that somebody's actually making space for their worries. And if you can do that, then of course you can move the conversation in different directions. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to steal that phrase. I, re I really, really liked it. <laughs> it's been really fascinating listening to this conversation. And I was hoping that maybe we could um, try and come, come, um, to a kind of conclusion, draw some of that together into um, a message, you know, distill it into a message for social workers um, who are, I think, really trying to be helpful in really difficult circumstances, aren't they? So what would you want people to take away from um, from your experiences of social work, Gladys, and what you've been talking about today? Yeah, I think one of the things that is important to me, and I do tell the newly qualified social workers that I am supporting is, you know, 
don't lose your passion. <laughs> yeah, just keep the passion. And also make efforts to know the families that you are working with. Build that relationship from the beginning. And if you start with that, you know, everything else will be, you know, will form in place. And one thing again is, you know, we are always learning. We don't always know it all. Learning never ends. You know, have that sense of curiosity. If you don't know it, just come back and say, well, I'll have to make inquiries about this and come back to you on it and just keep learning. You know, there is new research, a lot of theories. Upgrade yourself, you know, know that you don't know it all and be willing to learn and listen. That's fantastic. I love that idea about hanging on to your passion. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's an interesting thing that because we're doing really intense kind of human work, you can find it quite draining at times, but actually it's also really replenishing doing that work. Um, and if you do it with passion, then it returns passion to you, I think. And it's that, that also for me, that idea of, you know, um, liking liking people and I think that's one of the things for you know I've I've been lucky enough to work with Gladys in the past it's something that I've really really enjoyed doing um and one of the things that I've always known is that you just genuinely you just genuinely really like people Gladys and that just really shines through and um I think that's such an important thing for social work you know it, it's what you say Jerry you like people and you enter the work with passion then you get replenished as well um and that's that's a lovely thought thank you so much for coming on helpful social work gladys thank you thank you for having me thank you yeah that's really wonderful